0: Then I guess I'm going to have to introduce our esteemed speaker tonight, our our young preacher. And let me tell you, this young preacher has surrendered his life to God to preach. He deserves the same respect as Dan Mao or anybody else in this house. He does because he has given his life to God. And that makes him a very, very special man. So Brother Kenneth will come and preach. Evening. How are y'all? You know, with an introduction like that, I feel really bad about the epiphany I had sitting over there. It's like that epiphany is like up there with having to turn off the water after you turn it on. I decide when service ends, and I had Taco Bell for lunch. Like this is the perfect scenario. <laughs> uh, the scripture we're reading out of is in Second Timothy chapter three and Acts thirteen. Now, don't judge me if I mispronounce a lot of stuff. Uh, I may or may not have slept a little bit through English last year, Just a little bit. So, don't judge what's about to happen. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, trucebreakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power therefore, thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep in the houses, and led captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and ever able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janes and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupted minds, retrograde concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, Patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of all of them, all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. In verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect through thoroughly furnished and all good works. Let's pray. Father, we are in heaven, Lord. Thank you for this day, Lord, and thank you for all that you have given us. Thank you for allowing us to come to your house to worship tonight, Lord. Please bless the service, Lord. Thank you for what you've already done in the service, Lord. Thank you for this wonderful singing we've had, Lord, and thank you for those who are able to sing, Lord. Please bless the service to come, Lord, and please help your spirit move, Lord. Lord, please allow us to keep our hearts and minds towards you, Lord, and just bless tonight, Lord, bless in a way that only you can. Thank you for keeping this church growing, Lord, and thank you for this church building. Thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. So in verse 16, it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So that means all scripture is perfect, Correct. And can we all agree that all Scripture is very specific? Such as when in Exodus, they've used like eight chapters to describe the offer of the covenant. Or how throughout Scripture it gives... It tells of the rapture, but it doesn't tell exactly when. It specifically leaves out the exact date. So we agree on this? That Scripture is specific in certain? Okay. These two things, if you look in verse twelve it says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus, self suffer persecution. It doesn't just say that all that live in Christ Jesus, you could get saved and never do nothing for Jesus and you'd go to heaven. But you wouldn't be persecuted. But if you live godly in Christ Jesus, you shall be persecuted. Can we agree that Paul was a godly man? Sorry. so that begs the question what type of persecutions did he suffer if he specifically mentioned Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra because he was persecuted a lot he preached a lot of places he wrote a majority of Timothy not a majority majority of the epistles I'm sorry I'm blanking I'm sorry Doing good. Yeah. Go to Acts chapter thirteen. It's probably why I'm linking. Verse forty four. Paul suffered an emotional persecution out in Antioch. Antioch, In chapter 13, it discloses that Paul and Barnabas were set aside at Antioch to go on a missionary journey. To go out and preach the gospel. And during this journey, they meet a person, a sorcerer, a false prophet named Bar-Jesus. They discuss stuff with him. When they come back, they But after that, they come back to Antioch, and Paul preaches in the synagogue. Many get saved during his time, during preaching at the synagogue. So next Sunday, the whole city is there. and verse 44, And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city to gather to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. If you notice, we agree that the Bible is specific and the Bible is perfect. Notice that the word, it specifically says blaspheming, which is one of the characteristics that Paul later lists in 2 Timothy describing how people are going to be now in the future during the end times. So, The Jews did not want him to speak. They didn't want him to go around to preach the gospel because he was wronging more people than their synagogues were. So when the Jews rejected him, he went to the Gentiles. Verse 47 says For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a life for the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. I mean, the Gentiles can get saved too. So he goes and he preaches to the Gentiles. The people in power didn't like that. It says, but the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of the city. But think about this. Paul, this is the city, his home city where, well, not his home city, the city where God called him to go on a mission journey. Not the emotional toll it takes to have the people that were surrounding you encouraging you and them just immediately taking that away and kicking you out of the city that you were in. But the emotional toll it took on him. But people were saved, so he moved on to the next city where God was leading him, which is Iconium. Let's go down to chapter 14, verse 5. And when there was an assault made both of the Gentiles and also the Jews with their rulers to use them spitefully and to stone them, they were aware of it and fled unto Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia and unto the regions that lieth around that. So Paul comes to this city and preaches. And he divides this. The, the city itself is divided because there's another group of Jews another religious crowd that doesn't like seeing so many people get saved. It says, but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil, afflicted against the brethren. They went and changed out other people's minds and divided the city itself. But could you imagine for someone like Paul? Someone whose first concern is to spread the gospel and teach others. So, to lead others to salvation so they can get into the kingdom of heaven. Someone who did so much and he was just spiritually cut off because sometimes we can turn their mind, people's minds. They don't turn back. Like when Pharaoh's heart was hardened and just immediately be spiritually cut off from the rest of the city, not able to witness to them, not able to preach to them, never, them never listening to him. He was—he uh, experienced a spiritual persecution against him. So they had to leave that city because half uh, the half that didn't like him planned an attack on Paul. So they had to leave. They were made aware of it and had to leave the city. I've to turn my page. I'm sorry. If we go down to Acts 14, chapter nine. Verse 19, it says, And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium, who persuaded the people, and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Howbeit, as the disciples stood around him, round about him, he rose up and came to the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. I'm going to do a physical representation of what just happened. Hi, He immediately got up and walked back into the city that just had a group of people thinking that they had killed him. He got up and walked back in the city. He had people follow him from the previous two cities he'd been on to do this. He suffered a physical toll on his body. Do you know how hard it is to get a group of people from different locations to agree on one thing we agree on this, that it's hard to get people to agree sometimes <laughs> and they agreed a whole group of people agreed that Paul was dead do you know how bloody and beaten he must have been I mean they stoned him Like one shot to the temple will kill you Bruce Lee's son died from a blank being shot into his head Like, a single hit right here will kill you. There are so many ways to die. And this whole large group of people thought he was dead. And he wasn't. He completely should have died. But he got up, walked right back into that city. I just love the thought of all the people thinking they just killed Paul celebrating, and then Paul just walks right on by, smiling like nothing just happened. Paul went through the worst of it, probably more than what we'll have to, we probably would have to endure. We don't usually get stoned on a daily basis, am I right? Stones hurt worse than words. We agree on this, yes? No? Is that controversial? (laughs) (laughs) But Paul also had words thrown at him. Back in Antioch, he had those people kick him out. But I remember the reason Paul mentioned Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra was because of how the Lord was able to protect him throughout all those times, throughout the worst of it. Paul got separated and called to go on a missionary at Antioch. Paul was made aware of them trying to kill him at Iconium. Paul didn't die when he should have died in Lystra. The Lord was always there and He's always watching, keeping Paul safe, making sure that he was going to do the work of the Lord. Paul always got back up no matter where he was. It says, and here's the key point, and when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra, into Iconium and Antioch. The places that kicked him out, the places that couldn't curve, that tried to kill him, and almost did. He went back. Lord is good, ain't he? He protects us when we don't deserve it. Lord is always watching. And I believe the reason. that he mentioned those three places because it showcases three different aspects in which Paul was hurt and we can also be hurt but to show that the Lord will stay with him the Lord will be with us always I'm going to pray now Father in heaven Lord thank you for this day Lord and thank you for all they've given us thank you for this message Lord and Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for blessing me in my daily life, Lord, and thank you for this Bible that we have, Lord. Thank you for giving us a little guidebook to life, showing us that no matter what, you will always be there, always be protecting us, and when we don't see it. Lord, thank you for the Scripture, Lord. Thank you for Paul, and thank you for dying on the cross, Lord. Thank you for saving me from my sins, Lord, Lord, what I didn't deserve, and you did it. Lord, thank you for allowing, me. thank you for calling me to preach, Lord. Lord, just thank you. I don't know what I would have been able to do without you, Lord. Thank you for always being there. Jesus Christ, I prayer. Amen.